Hello, welcome to Living Life. My name is David, and I'm really excited to share God's Word with you today. Uh, I just want to start off with a story. Um, there was a young man who went up to this elder who has kept his faith for over 30, 40 years, and uh, you know, this guy went up to him and said, um, Hey, elder, um, what's your secret to um, keeping your faith all these years? And you know, the young man told the elder, there's people around me that I know at church and uh, in faith. And, you know, some people, they were strong for 10 years and they've fallen away from God. You know, some people, they've uh, kept their faith for 20 years and they've fallen away from God. But you, you remained uh, unchanged throughout these years. Uh, your faith never wavered. So what's your secret? And the elder, who, you know, who's an older and wise man, uh, explained to the young man and he says, let me tell you a story. And he said, uh, there was a dog. Uh, in the town, and uh, the dog happened to see this rabbit. So the dog saw the rabbit, and he made a ruckus just uh, following the rabbit. He was barking, he was running all over the place, he was creating all this commotion, and a lot of the other dogs in the town heard this noise and heard this commotion, and they all started following the rabbit. But as the chase grew on, you know, as, it, uh, as the chase prolonged and, uh, you know, they didn't catch the rabbit, Soon all the other dogs started falling away from the chase, but the one dog that saw the rabbit, he uh, kept on chasing the rabbit till he caught it. Uh, all the other dogs who heard the, uh, heard the commotion, who saw other dogs chasing, just kind of followed along, but once the chase got longer and it dragged on, all the other dogs gave up, but the one dog that kept on chasing the rabbit was the dog who had seen the rabbit. So the elders, um, Moral of the story, uh, his uh, whole point of the story was telling the young man, keep your eyes on Jesus. The only way our faith does not waver um, in our walk with God is once you take your eyes off Jesus, if you haven't seen Jesus, you will not be able to finish this race. So that was his one um, rule of thumb for the young man. Uh, I think the author of today's text of Hebrews uh, chapter 6, he's telling us the same thing. Uh, in our Christian walk sometimes, there's going to be hardship, uh, there's going to be a lot of difficult times, but the one way we could overcome is if we keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's the main point of today's text. So let's get into today's text. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. 
land that drinks and the rain often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Uh, during this time, there was a lot of people who have see seen Jesus. They have, uh, you know, they witnessed Jesus dying on the cross. They witnessed him coming back from the dead, being resurrected. And they actually, you know, some people even saw Jesus ascending back into heaven. And uh, after he went back into heaven and, you know, he promised that the Holy Spirit would come. And, you know, he told his disciples and his followers just to wait in Jerusalem until he sends his uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, the church began growing. So the early church, it was founded upon uh, the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Jesus. But what happened is after, you know, some time passed and persecution came, you know, especially by the Roman Empire and, you know, uh, the Emperor Nero and, you know, other ways where Christians were persecuted, they kind of began falling away from faith. So all these early Christians, uh, you know, quote unquote, the first church, you know, people who have seen and heard and uh, received the teaching of Jesus, they kind of went back, reverted back to their old ways. So some of them kind of gave up on their faith. Some of them went back to um, Judaism. They went back to the Mosaic law, thinking that the law would save them. And some of them just kind of gave up on everything. So the teaching is kind of a, an encouragement for the discouraged believers. And um, in verse four, uh, let me just read verse four. And five and sixty, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to their loss, they're crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. So pretty much what the author is saying is if you have truly seen Jesus. If you have really truly experienced of grace and received the Holy Spirit, there's no way for you to revert back to your old ways. You know that Jesus is the truth. You know that He is the way, the uh, the truth, the way, and the life. And is saying, the author is saying, why are you reverting back to your old ways? You know that the law is not going to save you. And this is some of the hard food that we're talking about. You know, towards the end of chapter five, it says that we're no longer infants. You know, we should no longer uh, crave or drink milk, but we, you know, we need to have solid food. These are some of the harder teachings that the author of Hebrews was trying to teach the people during that time is, listen, as a Christian, you're going to endure hardship, but that's part of our lives. During that hardship, the important task for us is to keep our eyes on the prize, is to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Just as the dog that saw the rabbit, you know, kind of, have you seen the rabbit um, that was the main point of the elder speaking to the young man who asked him how he kept his faith during all these years is we need to keep our eyes on Jesus as well. Once we 
take our eyes away from Jesus, we're going to be like Peter. We're going to sink into the deep waters because we see trouble all around us. We see the uncertainty. We see this uh, deep abyss uh, around us. And just as Peter, when he took his eyes off Jesus and he began sinking, that's going to happen to us in our lives as well. And the author of, of, of Hebrews is saying, it is impossible for those who have been enlightened. So he says that if you have truly been saved, there's no way you can leave that. You know, how can you abandon the truth? How can you abandon eternal life for something, for, for law, for the uh, old uh, Mosaic laws? Or how can you abandon this walk of faith for other gods, for pagan idols, or, you know, go back to revert to your old ways of things? Don't do that. And in verse 7 and 8, he's kind of talking about the fruit. Um, where is the fruit in your lives? If you have received water, if you have received the living waters, you're going to bear fruit. But he's saying that some of you, we have no fruit because we haven't received the true gospel yet. You know, on the surface, you seem like a changed person. You know, on the surface, you know, you go to church, you're all about religion, but in your heart, you haven't accepted Jesus yet. And once we accept Jesus, we have real visible fruit. We have tangible fruit in our lives. And we know that that's, you know, that's one of the uh, ways that we know that we have received the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that we know that we're saved is we could see it from the fruit in our lives. And just to give an illustration of this, if you look in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 18, there's a young rich ruler who approaches Jesus and he says, teacher, you know, I have done everything that you have told me to do. I have followed and obeyed the laws. I have given, you know, a, a quarter of my wealth to the, bo uh, to the poor, you know. What can I do next? You know, how can I be saved? What can I do? And Jesus, knowing with what intentions the rich young ruler approached Jesus, Jesus tells him, why don't you sell all of your possessions and follow me? You know, in a way, Jesus was kind of testing his heart. He says, who is your true Lord? Who is your uh, uh, priority in your heart? And, you know, sadly, the young rich ruler, he couldn't give up his uh, material wealth because he had so much wealth and he ended up leaving, walking away from Jesus, very sad. And Jesus says, it's harder for a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven than a camel through the eye of the needle. And what Jesus was saying is he was exposing his heart. You know, you can't serve two masters at once. And the motive, uh, the reason why the young rich ruler approached Jesus in the first place was because he wanted to obtain salvation through works. Now, a couple of passages later, a couple of verses later, we see Zacchaeus, um, he, you know, he was a, a tax collector during that time. He was actually a chief tax collector. And in his heart, he wanted to see Jesus so badly that this really short person, he climbs up a tree and he sees Jesus and Jesus tells him to come down and I must go to your house tonight. And once Zacchaeus meets Jesus on a personal level, uh, we see Zacchaeus' confession. He says, Jesus, I'm going to give half of my uh, wealth to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to pay them back fourfold. Um, and uh, we see the motivation of Zacchaeus' heart. Uh, the reason why we see this fruit in Zacchaeus' life is because after having encountered Jesus in an intimate way, we see this, uh, uh, this drastic, this radical change in his heart. And he does this because he encountered Jesus. The young rich ruler, he wanted to do all those good works so that he could obtain salvation. But Zacchaeus, it was a different approach. It's because he met Jesus, he had this tangible uh, fruit in his life. And in verse 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped this people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that you 
uh, hope for, f uh, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. So it's another final exhortation um, and advice from the author of Hebrew chapter 6 for us to finish the race well, not to take our eyes off of Jesus, and that God will remember uh, all the work that we have done for him, that he'll remember our toil and our labor. So let's go into time of prayer. Today's text was a reminder for us uh, if we're feeling discouraged in a walk with, a, uh, with God, is to remember to keep our eyes on Jesus, um, not to go back to our old ways, not to revert to anything else because we're going through hardship, and to remember that God remembers our struggles and that, he remem that our God uh, remembers all the work that we have done for Him. So let's go into time of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word you have given us today. Uh, thank you so much that uh, you have reminded us once again that once we have tasted uh, true glory, once we have tasted what true salvation means, um, we know that we cannot revert back to our old ways. Um, I pray that we may keep our eyes focused on you so that, uh, that we do not look to our surroundings and that we do not uh, sink into the deep waters, but as we keep our eyes focused on you, and by your grace and by your love and your mercy, may, be, may uh, we be able to finish this race. Uh, may we be able to finish strong, and may we be reminded once again that you remember all of our hard works that you, we have done for you. We thank you, we love you, and in your precious name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, Virginia Bardo and Stepping in Prosa, CG.